It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacey Trisankos. Thank you for joining us this morning on December 12th, 2022 for the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Sing and rejoice, O Daughter Zion. We are so happy. That's the first line of the first reading. Uh, we're so happy that you could join <laughs> us today um, for the 59th episode of season two for the Stacy and Stacy podcast. Stacey's going to talk about the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe and the scripture reflection after we would begin with prayer. And then later in the episode today, we're going to turn to the Catechism for paragraphs 163, 164, and 165 on faith, the beginning of eternal life. We just finished a long section on what it means to say, I believe. And now we go to the next article called We Believe, where we talk about what it means to have faith as a congregation. So we're going to wrap up what it means to say, I believe today uh, with some very deep words from the catechism on how to maintain your faith through the sufferings and difficulties of life with some great examples from the Bible. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Are we ready to get started? I'm rearing and ready to go, however, whatever that is. <laughs> okay. All right, well, let's begin with our prayer this morning. And I found a uh, prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe. So, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, mystical rose, make intercession for the Holy Church, protect the sovereign pontiff, Help all those who invoke you in their necessities. And since you are the ever-Virgin Mary and mother of the true God, obtain for us from your most holy Son the grace of keeping our faith, sweet hope in the midst of bitterness of life, burning charity, and the precious gift of final perseverance. Amen. Sweet Mother Mary, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, as always, grab that cup of tea, cup of coffee, and your Bible, and spend a few moments with the Lord today. Today, we're just going to read the gospel reading, um, and it's found in the first chapter of Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with the man? And the angel said to her in reply, 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Okay, so Mary's fiat to God, her yes to God, was one of blind obedience. And Stacy, you've shared with us how blind obedience was one of Mary's 10 virtues. Mm -hmm. And of all 10, this was the one that caused you to pause a little bit. <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> yeah, what does blind obedience even look like? And I think anytime we obey Jesus, we have to do it in faithful, blind obedience because we can't have obedience without faith. But what do we have faith in? Well, it's not in ourselves, that's for sure. And it's not even in the outcome because we don't actually know for sure what that will be. We simply have faith in Jesus to lead, direct, and protect us in the process, in the walk, in life. When Mary said yes to God that day, she had to do what Stacy and I say all the time. She had to walk it out. <laughs> so true. She, she didn't know where that yes would lead her. See, Mary couldn't see the cross that day when she agreed to give birth to Jesus. Even though she would be saying to yes, saying yes to God every day. I mean, it didn't, it started there, but it didn't end there. She would be saying yes to God every day going forward as she raised the son of God, served him, loved him and nurtured the son of God. She didn't know where that yes would lead her. And when we say yes, as moms, as parents, we too are stepping out in blind obedience because like Mary we, we can't see the future either. We don't know the end from the beginning, but God does. And I know we say that all the time, but it's, it's so powerful because it, it gives me peace to know that even though I don't know what's coming, God does. And he's never taken by surprise and he, he's prepared and he's going to take care of me. I can rest in that. We don't know how much joy or how much heartache that commitment that we say yes to, that we blindly say yes to is going to bring us. But like Mary, when we become mothers, no matter what it brings, we're mothers for life. Mary, Mary's sacrificial obedience. She basically jumped off the cliff and into the arms of God, believing that nothing would be impossible for God and that he was faithful to watch over his promises to her. And, you know, Stacy, we've talked about how scary it is to say yes to God because we don't know where it's going to lead us. But, you know, when we say yes, we, we are asking ourselves, we have to get really honest with ourselves. Do we believe God is good? Do we really believe in the goodness of God? And do we really trust him with our future and with our hearts and with our families, our finances? Do we trust him blindly? And if and when blind obedience is a struggle for us, because I think at one point or another, we all struggle with that. We can ask our mother to pray for us and let her fiat inspire us to say yes as well. And I pray we have the courage like Mother Mary did to say, be it done unto me according to your word. Pop, uh, Pope John Paul 
II, in his 2002 homily, said, In her, in Mary, the eternal Son of the Father took our very flesh and through her became Son of David and Son of Abraham. Thus, Mary is his true mother, the mother of God. If Jesus is life, Mary is the mother of life. If Jesus is hope, Mary is the mother of hope. If Jesus is peace, Mary is the mother of peace, the mother of the Prince of Peace. I love that because Jesus came to give us life and to give it in abundance. He came to give us hope because of Jesus. We have come to trust God who raised Jesus from the dead and gave him glory so that our faith and hope are set on God. He came to give us peace, the peace that passes all understanding that only the Prince of Peace can give the Prince of Peace that Mary gave life to. So Mary's yes meant that she would be the mother of our Lord, the mother of God. She gave life to Jesus and in doing so gave life to us. And even in uh, the Lumen Gentium, which is a 1964 encyclical from Pope Pius VI, um, it says that Mary gave life to the world. It says the Virgin Mary who at the message of the angel received the word of God in her heart and in her body and gave life to the world. And she is acknowledged and honored as being truly the mother of God and the mother of the Redeemer. And I remember before I became Catholic and knew anything at all about Mary, because honestly, I didn't. I knew Mary gave birth to, to Jesus. I knew that Mary and Joseph had to go to a different city and that she gave birth and he was in a manger. I mean, I, I didn't know the depth of who Mary was. The, it was a very, Mary being Jesus's mother was a distant con, concept. It was not something that I even really pondered or thought about. I was never taught that she was special or that the fact she gave life to Jesus was special or that she was anything more than a woman who had a baby. But, oh, but that baby, that baby was wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The baby was God, Messiah, Savior, Redeemer, my Lord. I knew about the baby. I just didn't know about Mary. I could talk all day about Jesus, but never thought about Mary. Good, bad, or indifferent. You just don't know what you don't know. I do remember one time many years ago before I became Catholic, I was sitting with a group of people and for some reason, Mary got brought up in our conversation, which really never happened. But one of the people in the group said something about Mary and the rest of them laughed. And I actually jumped on the bandwagon and started to put my two cents worth in. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, that's my mama. He called her mama. I don't remember anything else, anything that I mean, in that moment, I totally checked out of that conversation. I was absolutely tuned out and paralyzed in that that moment. It was like I started telling Jesus how sorry I was. And honestly, I felt the love he had for his mother in that oh. moment. I can't explain it. I mean, as a Protestant, I certainly couldn't explain it. And even now, I there's just no words to describe what I felt in that moment. It was powerful and needless to say, I never made that mistake again. I knew there was something, but I still had no idea until I started my journey into the Catholic church. 
And now all these years later to realize that she is also my mother, it completely humbles me. So we don't worship Mary, but we honor her. And why wouldn't we? I mean, she gave life to the one who came as Savior, Lord, Redeemer. She gave life to God, to Jesus. She gave life to life. I mean, we would be literally lost without her, lost hope, lost in our sins. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost us. She is Jesus' mother, and she is our mother. And I'm reminded what she said to St. Juan Diego in 1531. She said, am I not here, I who am your mother? Are you not under my shadow and protection? Am I not the source of your joy? Are you not in the hollow of my mantle, in the crossing of my arms? Do you need anything more? Let nothing else worry you, disturb you. Again, let us ask Our Lady of Guadalupe, our mother, who blindly said yes, to pray for us and let her fiat, her yes, inspire us to say yes. Amen. Mother Mary, please pray for us. Pray for us, Mother Mary. That is so beautiful and so hard to do at the same time. And it always amazes me how everything fits together because we didn't, we did not one bit plan that today we would be reading from the catechism on how Mary hoped against hope, even as she walked through the night of faith. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Sharing in the darkness of her son's suffering and death. We didn't plan to be talking about that in the catechism today on the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, or yeah. today when there's all these heartbreaking things going on in our own lives as, as mothers mm -hmm. ourselves. Um, but that's just how it works out. You know, we're going straight through the catechism. We're following the readings in the church. And it just so happens that today on um, Our Lady, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, when everybody, especially down here in Texas with the, the beautiful, such strong pro-family, pro-life Mexican culture in Texas, it, it always amazes me how the, um, the, the population from Mexico in our church goes all out with their celebration on this day and this whole week. It is, it's beautiful there. I know at our church, they met at 5 a.m. this morning. They're meeting wow. all day with prayer, a parade, celebrations, mm -hmm. festival, uh, festivities, dancing, being <laughs> together. Um, it, it's humbling. And my husband, Jose, was uh, on behalf of Children of God for Life presenting at a, at a pro-life conference last year earlier this year actually in guadalajara which is nearby the shrine for our lady of guadalupe and he was he was brought to his knees by the witness of faith and the devotion to our lady there so strong um and they i told you the other day they invited us back as a family and i think we need to take them up on that sometime maybe you and i could go stacy yes down there absolutely. Wow, that would be wonderful. It is um, the devotion there is is a total step change to what you see in America, um, in the United States. It's 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 beautiful. I mean, I just I hope to um, be a part of that. I'm very I feel very blessed to actually be in this area where there is a part of that because I I never saw anything like that up in the north in New York or um, Massachusetts either. 
anyway, today in the catechism, it's the end of a, an article. And uh, we're, we're deep into the catechism now on page 45 of the USCCB's online book. But we're, we're still in part one, the profession of faith, section one, I believe, we believe. And there were, there were several chapters. Man's capacity for God is chapter one. Chapter two, God comes to meet man. We talked about divine revelation. Chapter three, man's response to God. And in chapter three, the first article was I believe. And we're at the end of that article now. And then the next article is we believe, where the catechism talks about what it means as, a, as the body of Christ to profess belief together as, as one church. But today we end up with paragraphs 163, 164, and 165. And it, it really just floors me because I don't think I've ever carefully read this particular part of the catechism. And it's titled, Faith, the Beginning of Eternal Life. And it really gets at some of the stuff we've been talking about. Like we, we have been about what things going on in our own lives with the, the heartbreak and the struggle buses and walking it through and walking through those fires and getting to the other side. Um, faith, it's not just an intellectual exercise, of course. It starts with the intellect. We follow our intellect with the will. We choose to love God. We choose to believe to grant intellectual assent to the truths of faith. But it's not just a word exercise. It is something we live. And that's what the, the part of the catechism gets to today. Let me read it. 163. Faith makes us taste in advance the light of the beatific vision. Heaven. The goal of our journey here below. Then we shall see God face to face as he is. So faith is already the beginning of eternal life. And those words face to face, of course, come from 1 Corinthians 13, 12. When we contemplate the blessings of faith, even now, as if gazing at a reflection in a mirror, it is as if we already possess the wonderful things which our faith assures us we shall one day enjoy. And so that is a scripture that goes along with 1 Corinthians 13, 12. It's in 1 John 3, 2. Similar thing. We're not seeing God face to face. We're looking into that mirror dimly. How about it? <laughs> I feel I feel every day like I'm I'm peering into the dark wilderness. Not even a mirror dimly. I'm looking total darkness ahead going, I have no idea where this is all going. And I feel like I'm going to be suffering a lot as this part of my life plays out. And I'm not looking forward to it. Um, but, but that is sometimes what we're asked to do for the sake of our own salvation, to grow in holiness ourselves through the tempering that comes with the suffering. 164 says, now, however, we walk by faith not mm. by sight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that is second Corinthians uh, five, seven. So hard to follow. Yeah. We perceive God as in a mirror dimly again, and only in part. Mm. And I, and I, don't you feel that Stacy? Like it, oh, yeah. like we're not getting everything. We're not getting the whole story. <laughs> mm -mm. No, I think you said one time when we were doing a, doing a podcast, I, I think you said that, you know, God uh, lights up the step in front of you just uh -huh. enough so you can take that step. And then yeah. once you take that step, he lights up another step. 
And I don't want that. I want the whole thing to be illuminated in front of me. I want to see everything. I want to know exactly. But see that as soon as I say that, we don't really. Because if I knew everything that was going to happen, do you know what I would do? I know what I would do. If I knew everything that was going to happen, I'd be pulling up a Coke and sitting down with a Diet Coke. I'd be pulling up a Diet Coke and sitting down with God and being like, uh-uh. We need to change the plans here. <laughs> this, this can't this can't happen. I think it would be better if we <laughs> and I would I wouldn't be able I mean the beauty, the very beauty of life is because I don't know where everything is going. And I'm it's being revealed to me as I wander through life. When I was in Seattle last week, I told my son, and I have this thing about trees because of trees and my conversion story and photosynthesis. And I'm always amazed that trees even grow because I, I know I know in depth about what makes them grow from studying photosynthesis for so long. And mm -hmm. I, I told my son, he's like, what sites do you want to go see? Do you want to go into Seattle? Do you want to go do this? Do you want to go to this place? I'm like, I want to go see the trees. I never really feel like I've been in a place till I've walked outside for a long time and really had a good look at the trees. And because you can tell a lot about a place by looking at the trees. And, and so we did, he took me, there's all kinds of places to hike and we were out hiking and there's a lot of cliffs and hills, not like rolling hills. Like we have here in East Texas, like jagged cliffs. And so you, just to go on a hike in a, in a community park, you're going to see some amazing sites, some very old trees, some very big, tall trees. And there was this one place where we were walking and it, it was right at the water's edge into the harbor in Seattle. He lives out on a, one of the peninsulas, but so we're out near the water. And, and so there's a big rock cliff that juts out right before it goes into the water. There's not a, it's not like a, there's not beaches. It's just rocky edges and then water. And growing out of this rocky cliff was a giant pine tree that it was growing out, I swear, horizontally. The trunk of it came out horizontal to the ground. And then the tree did a 90 degree turn and was growing straight up. And it was huge. The trunk of it was maybe like three or four feet across in the diameter. And that tree grew out and immediately turned up toward the sun and grew straight up. Mm. And you know, it, it, it's not all twisted because there's not a lot of wind there. It just was seeking out the sunlight. And I thought, man, that's how th that is. That tree did not know what was going to happen. That tree was walking by faith <laughs> when it was growing. <laughs> that tree didn't, that tree must have been, I mean, if, if, if not to anthropomorphize the tree, but let's say the tree was us. You're thinking like, God, trees don't grow horizontally. What the heck is going on here? Like, this is yeah. not how it's supposed to go, God. Yeah. <laughs> but but in the end, the tree grew straight up and it was stronger for having its roots in a rock, in the rocky surface. It was stronger. It just didn't grow the way it thought it was supposed to grow at first. And I thought, man, that's just like exactly how my life is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Things mm -hmm. sometimes don't go the way I think they need to go. But then I learned later the reason that my life seemed to be in a complete opposite direction than it should be is because I was getting stronger. Mm. So that's good. Thanks to the trees. But <laughs> 164 says we walk by faith, not by sight. 
And that is also in Second Corinthians 5, 7, talking about, you know, where it says we walk by faith, not by sight, what it means to have faith. We perceive God as, again, in a mirror dimly and only in part. Even though enlightened by him in whom it believes, faith is often lived in darkness. This mm. is a catechism. Thank you. <laughs> Even though enlightened by him in whom it believes, faith is often lived in darkness and can be put to the test. The world we live in often seems very far from the one promised us by faith. Our experiences of evil and suffering, injustice and death seem to contradict the good mm. news. They can shake our faith and become a temptation against it. Mm. And I know, Stacy, you said you were afraid after we were off the podcast, you were afraid we were going to get struck by lightning when I said I had mad faith. <laughs> 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 so sorry. <laughs> oh, no, but I love your brutal. I love your vulnerability. I'm mad at God. No. But it, but it did feel like that. It felt so dark, and it still does because, because guys, this isn't over with my daughter. You know, my daughter heroically made it through those first few weeks after Saint Amias's death, but now she's left. She's really, really left in the darkness. I mean. The, the heroism is wearing off and now she's just empty. Now it's that time of year when she should have been big and pregnant. It's the time of year we should have been expecting him to be born healthy. Um, it's the mm -hmm. time of year when Christ was born and her baby's not going to be born. And uh, she's in a real, real dark place. And um, I think maybe I have to have the faith for her right now because I don't think she does. And, it's real hard to watch that. It's real hard to not to know what to do. And I, I feel plunged into darkness too. And still I'm, I'm like, why God? Why? Why? Like, I don't even, mm. I don't even know why anyway. So this speaks to me, especially right now that it can become a temptation against you know, the suffering and injustice and death seem to contradict the good news very much and it and it is very tempting for my faith to be shaken my faith is strong i'm just i'm just really aware of how dark the world can be sometimes yeah but it goes on to say in 165 it is then we must turn to the witness of faith you're going to love this stacy to the bible <laughs> to abraham who quoting in hoped hoped against hoped, believed mm -hmm. against hope. And that that is from Romans 4.18. And I, I looked it up. Abraham in Romans 4.18, so St. Paul is telling the Romans, he believed, hoping against hope, that he would become the father of many nations according to what was said, thus shall your descendants be. Mm -hmm. um, he, he did, think about it. Abraham didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know where he was going. He was walking in darkness too. And he was probably like saying to God, what the heck, mm. <laughs> you know, like you promised me the promised land and here we are suffering day after day after day with no end in sight. What gives? Mm -hmm. And he did hope against hope. And that's what we're asked to believe. Some translations say believed against hope. Some translations say hoped against hope. Mm -hmm. But what does that mean? I mean, that is our testament to the rest of the world. We have to hope against hope because just like with St. Amias, if I really believe my faith, he's not dead. He's just not with us right now in the way I wanted. 
he's he's still with us. He's still alive. It's just not the way I, I thought things were going to work out right now. And I do mm-hmm. have to find a way to hope against hope. Mm-hmm. And I pray for that. I pray for that faith because that's the beauty of faith. If you just ask God for a little bit, you'll get it in abundance. And so I'm, I'm really begging God right now for that same kind of hope against hope. And I know that I only say that because I know so many of you are in exactly the same place for different reasons. Right. Um, Christmas can be a really hard time for people. And uh, especially when there's been loss or marriages didn't work out the way you thought they were going to be. Relationships are painful. Children are causing pain. Parents are causing pain. Mm -hmm. Uh, Loss, grieving, all of that. We are asked to hope against hope. And of course, after the Virgin Mary, after um, Abraham, it talks about the Virgin Mary. We turn to the witnesses of faith, to to the Virgin Mary who in her pilgrimage of faith walked into the night of faith. And that's from oh. Lumen Gentium that Stacy mentioned earlier. And it's, it's in um, not the night of faith. Paragraph 58 ends by saying, After this manner, the Blessed Virgin advanced in her pilgrimage of faith and faithfully persevered in her union with her son unto the cross where she stood in keeping with the divine plan, doing her part, grieving exceedingly Mm. with her only begotten son. It was her only begotten son too. Grieving exceedingly Mm. with her only begotten son, uniting herself with a maternal heart with his sacrifice and lovingly consenting to the immolation of this victim, which she herself had brought forth. Finally, she was given by the same Christ Jesus dying on the cross as a mother to his disciple with these words, woman, behold thy son. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. the depths of her suffering and the strength of her faith to stand there? Um, That just brings a vision back to me that the day Amias died in the hospital when they were doing CPR on his little tiny body, 20 or so medical personnel around him and my daughter's just standing there looking through them in horror at what's going on and there was one point where she just turned away and started to go over to the window because she couldn't watch and I don't even know what came over me I was just thinking about Mary in that moment I I grabbed her and said come on back you need to stand there with him you need Mm -hmm. to be there with him in this don't turn away Mm -hmm. make yourself watch Mm -hmm. and um, and, you know, always be glad for that. But how hard it must have been for Mary to not turn away. I mean, in those moments of horror in our lives, the really, really hard moments, you just you do. Your mind just wants to protect itself. Your heart wants to protect itself by just turning away for a minute and pretending it doesn't happen. And some people take that into drug use, alcohol abuse. Mm-hmm. You just want to numb it and you just want to turn away and you don't want to experience it. You don't want to feel it. Mm-hmm. And that's how we end talking about faith. Guys, we have to feel it. We have to feel the whole thing. We have to experience the whole thing because that's how we find our way through. To what? Faith is the beginning of eternal life. So Mary shared in his suffering and death of her only begotten son and so many others in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We end saying, quoting from Hebrews 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses from the saints, the people in the Bible, Mary, 
Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Mm. Boy, so that was awesome. There we have it. That's mm -hmm. what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of uh, the other day when we read that scripture where Jesus uh, bent down and talked to the disciples and he was like, yeah. blessed are you for what you see. The prophets you know, they long to see this, but they didn't get to see it. You know, there's so many things in our life that we're walking out that we aren't going to see the fulfillment of. We're not going to see the good that's going to come out of it for a while. Right. And, and I think that that is a lot of what walk by faith and not by sight means is you, mm -hmm. we're not we may not see the, the fulfillment of the goodness in this moment, but keep walking, mm -hmm. keep clinging to Jesus, keep hanging on to him. I don't care how mad you get, how hurt you get, how lost you feel, the depth of your sorrow and pain. Don't let go of him because he is, he knows you. He knows exactly what it's going to take to heal your heart and to bring you through whatever it is you're going through. Mm -hmm. so just keep hanging on to him because he loves you so much. Keep walking by faith. Yes. And thank you, Mary, for being with us, for coming on this Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe and giving us that beauty and that hope. Um, we see where you are now, Faith. I mean, the, the pain and sorrow did not break you. Yeah. And I pray, um, Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Yes. I'm Stacy Tresenkos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Until next time. Because this year is getting so busy and our kids are now home and we have a lot of planning to do for the podcast for next year and some writing assignments, Stacy and I have um, really agonized and gone back and forth a million times, but we've decided to do one more episode this week and then we are going to take a break and we'll see you next year. The podcast isn't going anywhere. We're going to continue that. We just have more things we're doing, some social media and some uh writing assignments. And we need to take some time to focus on those and also to focus on our kids um, because our, and our families, our extended families, we got a whole bunch going on. Love doing the podcast and we wish you guys a happy, very merry Christmas and a happy new year. And we will see you in 2023.